In America, the most common chronic disease among children is tooth decay. And dental care is one of the country's greatest unmet health needs among kids, especially in low-income communities. A team of researchers at the University of Illinois, Chicago, are working to understand why that is and what can be done to reduce disparities in those areas. Dr. Molly Martin is one of the lead researchers of that study. She's also a pediatrician and an associate professor of pediatrics at the university's College of Medicine. Hi, Dr. Martin. Welcome to Reset. Thank you. Before we talk about the new study, how do oral health outcomes for children in low-income areas compare with kids in other areas? There's, there's clear disparities in oral health outcomes that we see in children when you're looking at lower-income populations. And it's mirrored across all disease areas, but, um, but oral health in some ways is, is almost a barometer of what is going on with, with a lot of families. And what we see is that the overall amount of caries or cavities is, is what most people think of them is higher in lower income populations, especially in non-Hispanic, black and Hispanic children in the United States. And we also see that these uh, community areas have a lot higher rates of untreated caries. So kids who have basically teeth rotting in their mouths and they're not getting sick. Mm. So what have you found in your research over the years about what is driving the disparities? It's really complicated, um, especially in younger children. It's a, it's a mix of... Um, lack of access to care, so it's hard sometimes for children to get access to good dental care, especially when they're younger. We see differences in the options that are offered to families of lower-income children compared to higher-income children. And an example would be one, um, some, some dentists will offer to actually fix a child's tooth, whereas others will say, let's just pull it out, it's a baby tooth. And you may think, well, whatever, who cares? It's a baby tooth that's going to come out. But when you're taking it out four to five years before it's supposed to actually come out, mm-hmm. then that child is going to have more troubles with nutrition and speech and all kinds of other issues as well. So we see those kind of issues. We also see differences in nutrition. And so that maybe more sugar, um, drinks, juices, and stuff like that, that rots the teeth. So, And then just maybe behaviors sometimes, the brushing perhaps, but that really varies on a family-by-family basis. Has the pandemic factored into all of this? Oh, for sure, definitely. Um, probably the two biggest areas are in nutrition and in routines. Okay. Um, across the board, children have gained weight over the pandemic, and that's because they're eating more and they're eating less healthy um, because they're home all the time. <laughs> and then when you're home all the time, your routines change. And so you, I think any of us can imagine, mm-hmm. like, when you have to be somewhere, you get up, you brush your teeth, you brush your hair, you, you know, you do your routine, right? But when kids are literally rolling out of bed and turning on a computer, um, everyone's been getting up a minute before their Zoom starts, right? So it's no different for, for families, and, and so oral health is suffering. Yeah, I've had to do a couple extra reminders during the pandemic with my kids, Dr. Martin. Get up, shower, brush your teeth. You know, it's just... Right, you know, right. You but I think... mean, the routine's really changed, and it takes a lot of structure and, and kind of, you know, mental willpower to try to keep these routines. And there's a reason that a lot of us, you know, send our kids to school because we're not so great at that. So 
having others help us with those routines is really nice. And what the pandemic has done is really put a lot of that on families. And, and some families are also relying on other caregivers that may or may not have the skills right. or the time to, to help families with some of these behaviors as well. Well, let's talk about this uh, new study at UIC that you'll be leading. Uh, it's backed by the National Institutes of Health. Talk to us about what you'll be focusing on. Well, we are focusing on what happens with younger children, so children under the age of eight with their teeth over time, and we're really looking at children who have had historically worse outcomes. So we're looking at low-income, mainly non-Hispanic, Black, and Latinx children in the Chicago and suburban area. And we, we finished a study funded by the same agency about a year ago where we looked at what was happening with oral health in these families over time. And what we saw was just it didn't make a lot of sense. We didn't see a lot of improvement from interventions that should have helped. And so what we're going to be looking at now over the next couple years is what's happening within these families and then also within their communities and neighborhoods. I think with oral health, as with a lot of other diseases, people tend to blame the individuals and say, well, you just must not be doing the right things. You must not be brushing enough or eating healthy enough. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of other factors that play into this, such as access to care, access to good water, access to healthy foods, access to daycares and schools that support families in these things. And and so we're looking at, at those factors, as well as some of the social stressors like depression, anxiety, violence in neighborhoods, um, poverty in neighborhoods and things like that to try to understand what kind of things are external to the family. It really is a, a ripple effect. And, and this research, Dr. Martin, is especially important because it, there's not a lot of data out there on children's oral health. Why is that? Well, children are usually the last to be studied for everything. Um, it's, it's a pretty <laughs> common issue that I face as a pediatrician. There's a lot of effort put into medications and treatments for adults and figuring out what works. And then they tell us pediatricians, well, go ahead. It probably works for kids. And we say, but no one's studying it. And I think there's been, especially with younger children, this thought that, well, whatever, they lose their teeth. We don't have to put a lot of investment in terms of trying to understand what's happening to them and how we can make it better. But this does impact their growth and their development and their learning and their future kind of productivity and success as adults. The study it also includes a partnership that you have with Mobile Care Chicago. Now, in a moment, we're going to learn about a similar effort on the far south side. But briefly tell us about what Mobile Care Chicago is and what your collaboration with them is going to look like. Mobile Care Chicago is a nonprofit organization that provides dental care and asthma care in, in a clinical moving environment, basically in vans. They have full clinical um, dental suites as well as, as um, asthma suites that, that drive around the city, and they usually work out of uh, schools. Um, so they bring the care to families, and this is really, really important especially in lower-income areas because families have a, a lot of challenges in getting to some of the locations and also bringing really high-quality providers and providers that take Medicaid into some of these areas. So mobile care does a lot of, of the service for the same kind of population that I'm studying. And one of the things that we're going to do in this study is we're going to look at 
whether or not these children develop cavities by the age of five and seven years old. So what mobile care's role on this study is, is to do the examinations and find out if these children do have cavities. And so we can, that'll help us to understand what kind of things are leading to cavities and how we can make them better in the future. What else do you think can help close the gap in in kids' dental health and access to care in this country? Uh, Well, definitely reimbursed reimbursement um, by Medicaid for dental care. Uh, more dental providers that see children and see children on Medicaid, and a better focus in general on um, supporting families of young children around nutrition and um, oral health behaviors. You're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and that's Dr. Molly Martin. She's Associate Professor of Pediatrics at the College of Medicine at the University of Illinois, Chicago. We've been discussing a new UIC study that's focused on oral health outcomes for kids in low-income areas. Dr. Martin, thanks for your time. Thank you. Let's turn now to a mobile dental clinic that provides free services to children on the South Side. Lori Gross joins us from Roseland Community Hospital. Hi, Lori. Great to have you on. Hi, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for making the time for us. Now, no you problem. you were a licensed dental hygienist for more than 30 years. Did you come across those disparities that Dr. Martin was laying out for us earlier? Yes, uh, I have come across those uh, disparities and also um, children being fearful of going to the dentist, maybe their parent or a grandparent or someone in the family that may have had a um, really negative experience, they will then project that onto the child. So with our mobile dental van, what we do is that we only do preventative uh, procedures, meaning we don't do anything that will cause uh, the child any pain. So we don't do any fillings, we don't do any uh, root canals, or we don't give any injections. So we just try to bring a positive experience uh, to the child when they come into our mobile van. You mentioned situations where, you know, kids are afraid of the dentist, right? We know all the the stories uh, they might have heard. I, I, as a mother, have had to sort of talk mine through. How do you handle that? So what we do is that we first uh, tell the child that nothing on the van um, will hurt them, that we're only here to help them, and we also let them know that we have a goodie bag or, you know, a surprise for them uh, after their, you know, dental visit. And so we show them uh, what we're doing. We'll even allow them to hold a mirror so they can see that everything that we're doing is, you know, I'm not cause any pain. Yeah, well, the goodie bag will do it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We have adults that ask for goodie bag. <laughs> I ask for the goodie bag every time. <laughs> yes, where's my goodie bag? <laughs> well, you now manage this mobile dental clinic at, at Roseland Community Hospital. Talk about the services that you provide and okay. how you're reaching kids. Okay, so we provide uh, the state uh, form, the dental form that is required by the state yearly so that if a parent has a hard time getting into their own uh, dental office, then we will provide that. Um, We do an exam 
Uh, we do a cleaning. Uh, and also, if age appropriate, we will also do a preventative sealing. Sealant. So that's like a sealing, no anesthetic at all. Um, and then also a fluoride treatment. Okay. Is there follow-up care? So if the dentist, if he sees something that, you know, looks like decay or maybe a tooth is growing in, uh, you know, crooked or not correct, we will fill out a form and that is given to uh, the parent through the daycare or the uh, school. Well, since the van started serving the community, Lori, the hospital has seen over 10,000 kids to date. Absolutely. And I must tell you, we started out just doing a local neighborhood daycares and elementary schools. Um, but then we also started doing um, political events. We've even gone to a block club party. And you can imagine, you see this retrofit fitted van <laughs> to a block club party. That sounds and incredible. It was, and the kids really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, the parents, uh, they barbecued. We had, you know, just all, we really had a good time. Well, talk about the impact then that this effort has had on, on not just the kids, but the families in the area. Yeah, so let me tell you, um, when it's hard for a parent to take off during the day, we normally come uh, between the hours of 10 a.m. and 2 Sometimes uh, we can arrange to come a little earlier, uh, so that way we'll see the child and the parent doesn't have to worry about, oh, I have to take off from work, or I have to try to find a dentist that's open evenings. So we know that children, they perform better in the, in the morning hours or in the daytime. So when you get to see a child, they're much more cooperative in the morning as you know, yeah. for trying to take a child to the dentist at 6 o'clock in the evening. They're crabby. The parent is crabby. And so sometimes we don't have a, you know, a positive outcome. But when we come, we're all smiles. We enjoy what we do. We have a licensed dentist on the van. We have a certified uh, dental assistant on the van. And then myself as a uh, registered hygienist. And we just try to make it all sunshines and rainbows. So it sounds like it. Have, yeah, so they have a positive experience. You were put on pause, though, during the pandemic. And, and during that time, the, the van was used for COVID testing and, and for vaccination. Yes. Tell us about that experience. Yes, very interesting. So we know that uh, also in our community that it was hard for um adults to get out and become tested. So we would take uh, the dental van to uh, certain locations and then we would test. So we would do the actual uh, COVID-19 test on the dental van. And then when the vaccines were uh, approved and available, we've also gone to several um, organizations and uh, daycare centers uh, to vaccinate. We vaccinate children and adults. So we really, you know, provide uh, a wide range of services. Yeah. Well, you're back. COVID cases are on the decline now. So the van's going to be up and running later this month on the 22nd. How are you feeling about that? Oh, we're excited. And also, we are um, adopting a second grade class 
at a local school that we partner with. So the school is uh, Mildred um, I. Lavazzo Elementary School. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we go there and we see the children for their cleanings and preventative um, appointments. So we're going to go in next week and provide a goodie bag for a second grade class. And we're excited because we enjoy what we do. Well, the the van's going to return just in time for National Children's Dental Health Month, which yes. is great. Give us Absolutely. some tips for, for parents and for caregivers, kind of going back to what we were discussing earlier. What should they brush up on? So I would say you want to just make sure that um, if your child is eight and under, that you help them brush their teeth because they think, you know, that they're independent and they can brush their their teeth adequately. But what we find out is that they do miss uh, spaces. So you want to just make sure that you're helping them. And you also want to have them watch you so they can emulate you brushing your teeth. you want to also brush at night before you go to bed and make sure you just rinse your mouth uh, with plain water. That way you keep the bacteria count down in the mouth. That's great. Well, Lori, before I let you go, tell us how families can learn more about the resources that this mobile dental clinic provides. So what you can do is call Rosalind Community Hospital at 773-995-3444. That will take you directly to me, and then I can also um, set up a time or a place at your daycare or your school, or maybe you're having a church event and you'd like to have the mobile dental van come and just, you know, service the children and also to help educate the parents on, uh, on great oral health care. That's awesome. That is Lori Gross with Roseland Community Hospital on the far south side. Lori, thank you so much for what you're doing and for making the time. And thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.